It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Sarah Marie as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. I did see Joey wearing his St Kilda hat. How are they going to go this year? How's their rebuild? Still going. <laughs> Still going, Sarah Marie. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. A very good morning. Hello to you, Joey. Good morning, Sarah Marie. Was that a little drive-by <laughs> last week about the poor old Saints? Well, Just from a... <laughs> Bit of smug Richmond supporter that's just got her belly full with the three flags. That is going to bite me in the arse later this season. I have a feeling. A very good morning to you as yes. well, JC. Hello, Sarah Marie. Hello, uh, Joe, my good old friend. Great to see you. Um, do you pop your head down there at Moorabbin? You sort of pop in. You know, take a few of the young boys to the side, work on their kicking, their running. Do you sort of you ever show up to no, the Saints? I went to or? training a couple of weeks ago. I took oh, yeah. my young fella down. Yep. Uh, Rui took his boys just to have a look around yep. and... It's amazing how quickly it moves on. Like there weren't mm. many staff, and even the trainers and physios have, have moved on a lot of them. And there were still a few old faces that was good to see, but mm. no. So they've forgotten. Long you. time, exactly right. Long <laughs> time gone. How are you both, everyone? Hey, this masks are gone now. Is that right? Yes. I haven't really kept up ceremony. So fill me in. Yeah, we don't story? need. Do we need them anywhere anymore? Oh yes, yes, yes. On transport, don't throw them out. Oh. You still absolutely need them. So here's what you need to know: if you're a patron. Going to a hospitality or a retail venue, yes, you don't need them. Yes, the oh. workers do though, and yep. they'll also need them if they're in venues. I think it's over twenty five thousand. Also, if you're in places like hospitals, yeah. So you'll still need them if yep. you're going in there. Gotcha. And for the workers as well, and of course, public transport, rideshare, taxis. All that kind of stuff. You're right. still going to need them. But if you are waltzing in to go do a, get a coffee, spot for shopping, grab a, a coffee, yes, you do not need them. Which was funny going into hospitality venues because you'd walk in for, what, five seconds and then as soon as you'd be seated, mask off, yeah. drinks down. <laughs> It well, didn't make a lot of sense that bit, did it? That you, when you walked into a venue, you had to wear your mask, and then you sit down, you get to take it off. Like the virus goes, oh, okay, no, he's sitting down yeah, now, we'll I, stop. That was me, the, the, one of the pub. We were literally sitting about six metres away from the bar, yes. and we didn't have our masks on. I got up to walk to the bar to get a drink, and the bloke goes, can you put your mask on? Like, seriously, <laughs> man. <laughs> Early give me a spell. But anyway, that's good news. I'm yes. glad that. And I, thanks for filling us in, Sarah Marie, Oh, no I'm, worries. I'll to be honest, I must admit, as well. I, yeah, I stopped following it a while ago. <laughs> I'm just so stoked that I'm not going to lose bits of me makeup. Things that you guys don't need to worry about. Yes. Be walking in, my girlfriends and I, we, we frequent this restaurant called Cozzy in Turak. Yep. The amount of times that you go and then you're kind of just poking your mask out a little bit going, don't ruin the red lippy. Just let me get in <laughs> so I can sit down and take my mask off. Uh, plenty, plenty of footy news, Jay-Z. Games yes. are back on. A lot of people have taken an interest. I've seen a, a number of the games, so looking forward to dissecting the footy. But some, some worrying news. There's a team who I've circled, Joey, and perhaps we need to get to this next ceremony. Yes. There's a team... Well, I'm most worried about in 2022. Already? Already? Big headlines coming already, Joey. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Hey, uh, look, some big footy news, and it's a lot a lot of practice match sort of stuff to discuss today because there was uh, plenty happening yesterday, Joey. But I'll tell you what, I've got the really big slows on, and I think you might have been across this uh, earlier in the month as well, is West Coast. The red pen out? Now, I'm putting a line through them. I'm putting a line through them. I think they're, 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 their chances of making uh, the finals in, in 2022 are just about shot. In fact, I'm wondering whether the Eagles could be a bottom four, bottom five team. Bottom four? And I know you... 
you said last week that sometimes we read too much in um, into these practice match form. They got absolutely belted by your mob, Fremantle, yesterday. The injury issues have mounted up. Oscar Allen, we already know, out with a foot, Luke Shuey, hamstring. And, of course, Jack Darling, one of absolute disasters. But last night it got worse. And could these players be any important for West Coast? It's Elliot Yo down, uh, Campbell uh, Chesser and Dom Sheed, that grand final hero, all out with uh, foot and, and ankle injuries. Now, these might only be four to six weeks problems but for a team who takes on Gold Coast in round one and I'm and I'm wondering whether they're actually going to be shaky in that game their depth is going to be absolutely tested West Coast and I'm, I'm starting uh, to wonder whether this the full-on rebuild at West Coast begins in fact well, this year. I did see that they think they've at the moment got 24 or 25 fit players if those guys are to pick from so yep. they are decimated we know about Jack Darling Brad Shepard has retired as well yep it is looking – I don't have them in my eight. I think it will be very, very difficult for them to make the eight this year. I think – look, they got they got absolutely – I watched a fair bit of that Fremantle-West Coast practice match. Again, I know it's a practice match, what but happened? they were absolutely sieved. They yep. were like, it was 12 goals to two at halftime. Yep. Fremantle looked like the best team in the competition, the way <laughs> that they just walked through West Coast. Yep. I think West Coast, though, are going to be changing their style of play. I think they have to. So I'm going to give them a mulligan for yesterday because it takes so – not the, not the kick mark stuff anymore? Ha- that has to go. That has to go, and we'll talk about it a bit later on in the show why. But that style doesn't work anymore. It right. hasn't worked for the Eagles for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying a new game style. So I'm going to give them a mulligan yesterday and say they're obviously a work in progress defensively and how they want to play. Yep. But they, they, there are red flags about the West Coast Eagles. Yeah, They've got so much talent, but they haven't looked as hungry as other teams in previous years. They, their style, I think, needs to change, and they're banged up. They've got a lot of players get regular injuries. Um, they're banged up. They're sore. They've already got some setbacks. No darling's a huge blow, Oscar Allen. It's going to be hard work for them. So we've only seen practice matches so far and inter-club matches. This is only the second week that we've been doing this show and already we're seeing some big names going down in teams right across the board. Why do you think that we're seeing such big injuries? Do you think that maybe, you know, what the players have been going through during COVID, shorter quarters and everything like that, are they just, are their bodies not up to scratch? It's it's an interesting question Mm. because... um, I think that there has been a considerable interruption. I think in most cases, these have been sort of more collision and ankle injuries. The syndesmosis is very popular. I don't think we've seen a spate of soft tissue. If it was more soft tissue, I think maybe it'd be a, a, a bigger concern. But I mean, I heard uh, Isaac, Smith, Isaac Smith say something very interesting. Of course, the uh, the Geelong midfielder, where he said with their older list, a shorter preseason uh, probably suits them. And the days of doing sort of four-month preseasons are out the, out the window, Joe. What it is, athletes love routine. Your bodies respond to routine and continuity. Mm. So over the last three years, you're right, seasons have started later. They've played less games and then shorter game time. Last year, everyone's pre-season started in January. Now everyone mm. started in November. So I, I do think there is an element of that uh, disruption in routine and continuity does affect an athlete's body. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it's just It just takes a bit more adjusting. So that could be a factor. But there has been a lot of injuries already. But the West Coast Eagles, you're right, big red flags for them already. Uh, we're going to talk about the Blues a little bit uh, later, Joey. Been a very topical team. Of course, Sam Walsh has gone down. And uh, in particular, I think there's a big watch on how that team is going to defend. I watched that game live. I went out to Icon Park, so I've got a good insight into what we saw from Michael Voss and the new Blues. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Joey, Jay-Z and Sarah Marie. I bought my first lawnmower. Yeah. So you're and- finally mowing your own lawns. I'm not mowing the lawn because Aaron is the one that mows the lawn. Uh, Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends. Put that in the book. Saturday scoreboard.
So just a, a recap for those that haven't caught up with the practice matches so far and the results. There were a few played uh, yesterday evening and last night. Brisbane Lions defeated Port Adelaide by almost 100 points. Wow. Uh, they, sorry, they defeated Adelaide, not yep. Port Adelaide, if I said that. So Brisbane had a huge win against the Adelaide Crows, sort of to be expected. Yep. Gold Coast beat Port Adelaide by 21 points. I caught a glimpse of that game. Gold Coast looked pretty good. Mm. They looked pretty sharp. They had uh, Noah Anderson and Matt Rowell in the midfield, oh, along right. with Took Miller. Weller played at halfback. Mm-hmm. Looked really, really good. Um, I didn't mind the way Gold Coast played. Collingwood had a huge win against the Hawks. In the end, it ended up a draw, yeah. but it's sort of a bit complicated. They played six periods, Sarah Marie. So yeah, played, so how does this work? So they how basically work? played a lot of three. So the, the sort of the best teams played three periods against each other. And in that period, Collingwood were up by about... 60 points or yeah, something. Yeah, that was 60 ahead. Then the second lot of three, it was almost their VFL side. So the, the, the rest played and the Hawks were able to catch up. But Collingwood were looking really impressive. We'll touch on them a bit later on. We're going to speak to Hawthorne still and more. And we're going to chat to Hawthorne still and more so we can speak about that game. The Giants and Sydney played in a pretty high quality game. I watched uh, all of that one. That was high quality. The Giants came out winners by about 30 points. And as we just touched on earlier, Jay-Z, West Coast lost to Fremantle by just under 100 points. Uh, Fremantle was still missing a few good players. Walters, Fife, Mundy, Luke Ryan. None of them played for Fremantle, and they still won by about 97 points. Just rounding out that chat to West Coast, that the big deal for Tim Kelly. It was three first-round draft mm. picks. Geelong uh, received for Tim Kelly. Who do you think's won that deal? Uh, well, Geelong then basically Geelong. used all those picks to get Jeremy <laughs> yeah. Cameron, didn't they? So yes. at the moment, no one yet. Because Who would both you of rather? Them, well, both of them went all in for a flag. That's why you give up all the draft picks to get Tim Kelly and you give yep. up all the draft picks to get Jeremy Cameron yep. because you're all in to win a flag. So yep. you know what? At the moment, Geelong, because they're closer to a flag than the West Coast Eagles. Pick yeah, one. I was thinking about that when you were saying about West Coast and their players going down. I was like, oh, Tim Kelly. I mean, he wanted to go home and yeah. I get that. So that feels better. Yep. But geez, leaving Geelong. Yep. Yeah, I yeah. know. But West Coast went all in to get him, and it looks like it's not going to pan out for them to win another premiership. Uh, some AFLW action as yep. well today. There's some games going on, the Tigers and the Cats and Melbourne and North Melbourne. Also, round eight is the Indigenous round. It is Indigenous round. Yep, absolutely. So that's uh, that's going to be great. Hey, what about this one that caught the eye, Jay-Z and yep. Sarah? Remember, sort of you saw Novak Djokovic, so he's back playing, and he lost in the quarterfinal, the Dubai Open to a qualifier. He's now lost the world number one ranking. Are you it's, ready for this? It's now Daniel Medvedev is the world number one. Daniil, what a fabulous player. And I think that he is one of those guys that's going to carry that world number one. I, I don't think that this is one of those blip moments, okay? Because he's the first person since Andy Roddick that isn't one of the big four. That's right. So it's been 18 yeah. years since someone outside of the big four has held the world number one, which is truly extraordinary. And Djokovic has been world number one for 361 weeks. And to lose it for what? A vaccination stance? Mm. And that's what you're going to be – that's the end of your 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 top-tier point so of your the, life. So is like, this the beginning of the end for Djokovic, do you think? Or do you think he's still got another three years at the top and winning more majors? So the way that I see it here is that it's either going to rile him up and yeah. that he'll come back with a vengeance. Fire in the belly. And he'll go head-to-head against Daniil and try and get back that world number one. Or we're going to see, unfortunately, just his his game style and also his body just slowly deteriorate. The game's changing. It's not the same style. It's not the same way that those top four players have been playing for almost two decades. Mm. We've got different men entering the circuit now, and I just don't know if he's going to be able to come back. He'll try his hardest. It's a big watch. 
It's a big watch whether he drops the bottom lip or whether he gets the fire in the belly. Hey, just a bit of other sport from yep. around the world. Jay-Z, you're a bit more across the F1s, yep. but they've pulled out of Russia, out of Sochi, yep. Formula One. Yep, Sebastian Vettel made the big claim uh, 24 hours earlier. said, I'm not going to race this, but now the whole the whole Sochi F1 race is, uh, has been dropped, and I think we will uh, begin to see more of that uh, across the globe. Well, yep, European soccer's governing body also voted on Friday to move the Champions League from St. Petersburg. They've taken that out of Russia, and that'll be played in... Paris instead. So plenty happening around the world. And that last one, that golf that we spoke about, the breakaway tour that we <laughs> thought was going to yes. happen, the next day all the golfers come out. Something happened overnight. They must have uh, been threatened with something, the players, or they've just cha- had a change of heart. But none of them are going to be going across to the Saudi uh, new sort of so, Premier League golf that they've got. Planned. Really not dissimilar to what happened with the soccer at all. Didn't go anywhere. They said they were going to do it, and then they backtracked, and now it's not going to happen. Yeah. Phil's in trouble, it's fair to say. Philly Mickerson said something perhaps he shouldn't have. Uh, also, James Harden steps out for his Philadelphia yes. debut today. It'll be all eyes on the NBA to see how that trade pans out. Ben Simmons for the Brooklyn Nets, and also James Harden uh, stepping out for the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I believe it's been a big summer for the Blues and uh, for Anybody who is a Carlton fan, they would want to know, are they a finals contender? Well, they're in the mix. They're in the mix. So, oh, look, I went to the practice match against St Kilda on Thursday, and I must admit it was quite a scrappy practice match. It wasn't mm-hmm. like it shot the lights out where you walked away and went, wow. But what was noticeable, Jay-Z, which I think all Carlton fans will want to hear, yep. is there was a massive shift in their team defense. The way they defended was noticeable. There was protection behind the ball. There were numbers getting back. They had a pretty good system in that back line. And I think that's a real positive because we know that their issue isn't necessarily with the ball. They're one of the more efficient teams in the competition going inside their forward 50. We know about Harry Mackay and the talent, but it was their defense that killed them. Leaking goals, they looked much surer behind the football. So is that because they're – tell me about that method, Joey. Is that because they're getting extra numbers back? Are they being more aggressive in the air? Are they using players differently? What what does that mean? How are they doing that? Well, they're not playing one-on-one. So they're not just following a man around now. It's a system. And what was really interesting, so Oscar McDonald at the moment is leading the race to be the fullback. So they've got Jacob Wiedering. Yep. Mitch McGovern is going to play as an intercept defender. And yep. it was Oscar McDonald over Lewis Young, who they brought to the football club. As the anchor. As the third, because he yep. is the anchor. And what's interesting, he's come from Melbourne, remember, mm. who have got a very good system behind the ball. So he was the one that was almost patrolling the, the, the back line and setting up and those sorts of things. So that was a positive for the Blues. Can they play finals this year, Sarah Marie? I think there's still a lot of ifs for them. Yep. Like if this team defense can hold up and they can adjust to it straight away, there's a chance if Mitch McGovern and Oscar McDonald can hold up in the back line, if players fulfill their potential. So does Jack Martin actually become the player that we think? Does Charlie Kerno get back to what we think he's capable of? There's a lot of ifs there. The mm-hmm. midfield looked good with Chera and Hewitt into that side. The one that I did really like, Jay-Z, I love the way Paddy Cripps moved. He looked leaner. He was fit. He was moving well, and he was playing in the front half. He was doing what we've seen with all those gun players now, Petrarca and Martin and Bontempelli, play in the midfield and then push forward. Yeah. And he looked really, really good. Oh, I think it'd be interesting to have a chat with Paddy Cripps and see if he would speak honestly about the couple of years, about the past couple of years, how much it has weighed on him, the the change, the, the, the tumult and the physical load that he has carried for this football club. Because if he can be a reinvigorated footballer, maybe we can see him back to being a top 30 player uh, in the competition. I think it's... I've got Fremantle, Essendon, 
probably still ahead for Carlton. I think they're in that 7-11 to 11 mix. But yep. if their planets can align, then I think they can have something special. If that, but, but that means Charlie Kernow's kicking 40 goals. That means Mackay, Harry Mackay's playing 20 games. They get Cunningham and Fisher back on the pack. What about the other side of that coin is St Kilda? Now, they are not in, in my top eight. I've got some concerns about the Saints. I think it could be a tough year for them. They haven't over the past three or four years had those draft picks. It's been Max King and then a lot of sort of mature age talent. Yeah. You watch the Saints. How are you feeling about their progress and expectations for this year? Yeah, there was nothing that jumped off the page in the, in the practice match to probably change my view that I have coming into this season. That I think they're a good side. I yep. think that they'll beat some teams. They'll be around the mark for the, for the top eight. Again, they're a side that probably need a lot to go their way. They need to stay healthy for a start. They yep. need their best players out there because their depth's probably not as deep as other teams in the competition. They... They need to start well and have some confidence. I think they're a side that that respond well when they're confident and up and about. Yep. Um, so they, they need a lot of luck. They need a bit to go their way. There wasn't much that jumped off the page. I think the big advantage is Jade Gresham. I yep. think he's a star. He's that player for St Kilda that can play through the midfield and the front half. Um, Rowan Marshall didn't play, but he's obviously hugely important as well. So, look, they'll be thereabouts. I just don't think they're they're good enough to beat, say, those top four or six teams that we all expect to be at the pointy end. I don't think they're good enough to challenge those, but they're again like Carlton and Fremantle and Essendon and Sydney in that mix for that seven to 12 spot. It's going to be interesting to see how we revisit and reassess the strategy of St Kilda because they've brought a lot of mature age players in. Would they have been better, Joey, over the past three years when it got difficult for them a a while ago just to keep bringing in that top end young talent? Because now... You know, it's, then it's not like they're not half pregnant, but are they a bit stuck in that middle? And who's going to take them? Well, well, time will tell. And and I think both these teams, Carlton and St Kilda, are in the same boat. They started rebuilds. Yeah. They had a long period of rebuild. Let's be honest. They both <laughs> rebuilding for seven, eight. Carlton even longer. Did they blink? And then both teams, I think, got a little bit impatient and they went and reached. They went and bought in players to their football club to top up when maybe they're not quite ready to be a flag contender. I would rather see a club that's rebuilding take an extra couple of years keep getting more young talent and get the right group that are all good enough to know that when they do play together, they are ready to explode. Like Melbourne, yep. like the Western Bulldogs, you've now got a group of 8, 10, 12 players that are all high-end talent that when they come through together, you become dynamic. Yeah, but Carlton, once, you know, a couple of years ago on paper, their list looked amazing. And then you you look at the scoreboard and you're like, what's happening here? There's the, the connection's missing, clearly. Yes, that's right, because there are two elements. You can have a talented list, but you need to have a strong culture and a strong mm. system yeah. as well. So there's there's a lot that goes – and Carlton, you could argue, haven't had a strong system uh, and maybe that, that right attitude as a group – to play the way they have. But it's going to be interesting to see. Most those teams might play finals and we'll see how we go. Now it is Blue Diamond Stakes Day today happening at Caulfield. And joining us from the Herald Sun, Chief Racing Writer Gilbert Gardner. Good morning. Good morning. How'd you go uh, last week, Gilbert? I know we had a big day at uh, Flemington. We're going to get your tips at the moment. But Nature Strip, it was a big story. We all got on but got dudded by home affairs. This is a rising horse. Uh, I'll tell you what, it's redemption week for me this week. But no, you're right. Uh, look, Nature Strip, I'll tell you what, you run that race 100 times, he'll win at 99. It was a freak of nature. Uh, basically got bumped out of the barriers. I mean, it's incredible that he only got beaten the blister, to be fair. Um, but, you know, it was a great spectacle. It was absolutely, it was thrilling to be in the mounting yard. It felt almost pre-COVID, uh, the excitement. I mean, you, your heart sort of 
was bouncing out of your chest just watching that finish, um, which is pretty incredible. Yeah, you did tip us Nature Strip. You said it was a moral and it was only bad luck that could beat it, and that's exactly what it was. Hey, let's look ahead to today because one of the great race meets I love it, Blue Diamond Stakes Day, Caulfield. Uh, what are we going to expect for the young two-year-olds? It's a pretty even field. It's tough to find a standout, but have you got one for us? Oh, look, I tell you what, Joey, you could have about 10 and still miss. That, that's how hard <laughs> yeah. this race is. Um, and, and we're talking high stakes, but I'm going with, uh, so it's obviously race seven, number one, the, uh, the group one, Blue Diamond. I'm going to go with Similion. So number one, right at the top of the order there. Mm. I just think, look, full disclosure, if you look at the Herald Sun tipping panel today, I've got uh, revolutionary miss on top, but that was because I had Lofty Strike on top originally. So Lofty Strike, of course, scratched yesterday or withdrawn yesterday with a bit of lameness. So my tips have sort of gone up a run. And I just think that form is just the form that's going to win this race. And Similion ran second to Lofty Strike uh, last start in the Blue Diamond Prelude. Uh, big horse. I think the wide barrier might actually help him this week. He might just drop back a bit and then be finishing hard late. Whereas last start, he was sort of up, up near the front shooting the breeze and he got knocked over. So... Damien Oliver, can he win the Blue Diamond? His first one since 2004. It'd be pretty special. I like that. $17, Jay-Z. So a nice bit of each way value. As we say, yeah, each value and, and yeah, full disclosure. I mean, 10 horses could win this race um, without a doubt. And it's pretty high stakes, Joey. I mean, if a Colt wins this race, he's probably worth 15 to 20 million. Bang. Oh, that that. Uh, Big money and a big race, uh, Gilbert. Now, uh, I want I want uh, some other tips, please. I, I've heard that, and the, the mailman's been strong on this. At Caulfield Race for number four, Argentia, who has been absolutely crunched uh, with the bookies, is a really strong chance today. Do you agree with that? Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, short enough. Short enough. I wouldn't want to take much shorter than than the odds, but uh, look, that that seems like a that seems like a way forward. I know you've been big on this, Jay. You've been on the text uh, all day yesterday sort of pumping up this horse. So, look, I haven't actually made it one. I, I've tipped it, but it's not one of the four that I'm going to give your listeners. But uh, we'll see how we go with Argentia. I think she's short enough. It was a huge win last start. And uh, she could easily be running in a group one um, up in Sydney today if it wasn't for all the wet weather. Okay. What are a couple of your best for the day? Gilbert, give us a couple that we can uh, look towards this afternoon. Well, we'll stick to Caulfield. Race six, number three, uh, Moonga in the Group 1 Futurity oh. Stakes. Uh, Annabelle Nation, Jamie Carr combined. This horse absolutely flies first up. He beats um, Very Elegant, mind you, the Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, beat Very Elegant first up last preparation in Sydney over 1,400. Just ticks every box. I think it will just be sitting off to Fane. And uh, I'll tell you what, if it turns into a dog fight late, Moonga will be winning this race. And Jamie Carr on board too. Like it. Correct. And uh, race eight, race eight, number nine, Minaj in the Oakley Plate, another group one. So we've got three group ones at Caulfield today. Look, Mirabi's the one to beat, obviously. Six, six out of six. Uh, we'll be probably sitting second or third in the run. And uh, they'll, Benny Allen will set her, set her alight in the straight. But... I just reckon Karen McAvoy, he doesn't come down here for frequent flyer points. He's ready to win a group one. <laughs> but no, she's three out of four first up. She's grown an absolute leg. In, she's, she's grown a leg racing up in Sydney. She used to be trained down here in Melbourne. I just reckon she's a good chance. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for joining us this morning from the Herald Sun at Chief Racing Writer, Gilbert Gardner. We'll chat to you again next week. No worries. Take it easy, guys. Thanks, Gil. Thanks, Gil. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Can you believe that those legends, the Fooies, are going to be down in Geelong on Friday? It feels surreal to be even saying that. Well, I just found out. I'm co-hosting the Rush Hour next week with Billy Brownless. Rui's done an amazing job, and yes. he, he's done three weeks' work, so he needs a week off, Rui. <laughs> so, and I'm, we're going to be down in Geelong on the Friday. I think we're doing a live OB from Billy's pub, so the atmosphere will be pumping down there. Well, Bill does claim that he helped bring his mates... <laughs> 
the Fooies down to Geelong. That, so he's been claiming that, hasn't he? He really has. It's so all that, part of Always Live. So yeah. Triple M's presenting it. The state government have done a wonderful job putting this on, and it's uh, going to be happening down at Cadinia Park. He's one of the best front men You've worldwide. seen them live? Have you seen them live? I saw them at Amy Park back in 2011. So uh, December 2011, 10 years ago, one of the best gigs I've seen. And I just had a look at the set list then. They played 22 songs. Phenomenal. All the hits, all my life, the pretend I'm a hero, learn to fly, monkey wrench, best of you, and then the encore wheels, times like these, generator, uh, and ever long uh, to finish. It was incredible. But what I felt, what I loved about that gig was in between each of the songs, how much he engaged with the crowd and laughed with the crowd. Like yeah. it wasn't just, I saw Kings of Leon one year and it was just like song, song, song. They just look so bored up on the stage where Dave is having a party the whole time. And it was just one of the most memorable gigs I've ever seen. And I think it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. It's going to be a massive weekend down in Geelong as well, because then on Saturday night, the Oils are playing one of their final shows, part of their final tour, Resist. One of your favourite bands. Oh, another one of my (laughs) favourite bands, which uh, I mean, I had a wonderful time seeing them on their Macarada Project uh, uh, live show that they did. Oh, gosh, I don't even know. Was it 2020? I went down there with my sister and my mum. We were dancing our butts off down at Mount Dunedin Estate. So they're going to be down there. And actually, for our Triple M Club members, you can win tickets to the Fooies and the Oils, plus the accommodation for you and uh, three of your mates. So make sure you are a Triple M Club member, triplem.com.au. But, I mean, that was a massive gig where you saw the Fooies back in 2011. What about for you, Joey? Any any big (laughs) memorable gigs? Well, Sarah Marie, you know we're learning more about each other. Jay-Z knows. I'm not a massive music buff. I saw... Robbie Williams' life. That was that was good. Yes. Robbie Williams was good. Which concert? Because I went and saw him the where he at, brought his dad out on stage mm, and sung with him. It's beautiful. At, no, I can't. No, it was at Rod Laver. But I don't know. <laughs> Memorable. Um, I don't know. What, yeah, I've got, no, I'm no good with memory stuff like that. And I saw Ed, Ed Sheeran live was actually one of my favourites. At Amy Park? Yep. Mm. That was when he you know, he looped. He did the looping. Oh, he, he did the loop the, pedal, yes. Yeah, and it his... takes him about seven minutes to actually get into the song. But yeah. I see, I love that. I think that's wonderful. Oh, Others don't. But that's it. I haven't been to too many concerts, ceremony. I'm not a massive music buff. Live, I went to Live. Live was my first concert I ever went to. I saw Live. Oh, really? Yeah. Busting but, out a bit of lightning crashing. That's it, yeah. that's right. Throwing copper, what Jay-Z an album. rolls his eyes when I say that. <laughs> so you, you, you seem a bit disinterested in the live music, and then I've seen you on the dance floor, Joey, and you come alive. <laughs> so Absolutely. I've seen you do some of your best work. We were fortunate to see the killers at Howler. I think there might have been 150 of us. Wow. We talked about this with Rosie before, but that was like I was metres away mm-hmm. from Brandon Flowers. I mean, talking about best frontman Peter Garrett's probably in that discussion as well. But that, that we were so close. It was such an intimate um, uh, setting and venue and concert for one of the biggest rock acts in the world. That was hard to beat. What about you, Sarah Marie? Who's yep. the best concert you've seen live? I've had the privilege of going to so many concerts over the yep. years, across multiple countries and continents as well. There's one in particular that sticks with me, okay? So if we cast our minds back to 2007, I was living a different life and I was a nanny overseas. I was living <laughs> in Denver and the mum that I was nannying for, she actually won tickets off the radio to go and see Kenny Chesney. She thinks my tractor sexy. This is one of his Big hits. Oh, boy. She thinks my tractor is sexy. So, anyway, we trotted <laughs> off down to Dick's Sporting Goods Park. Yes. Which is massive. It is a huge stadium in Colorado, in Denver, Colorado. Yep. And the thing that sticks with me was we had to get there super early because there was a tailgate party beforehand. And it was my experience going to a tailgate party. And I just wish that we had those in Australia. That is incredible to go and rock up. People were putting makeshift pools in the back of their utes. Wow. 
It was unbelievable. Yeah, just roll out the tarp and then somebody's brought a water tank. Wow. And we make friends with somebody and then you're sitting in the pool in the back of their truck. Somebody else has got the tent popped up with the barbecue going. It was phenomenal. <laughs> Joey, when you asked that question, yeah. did you think she was going to say I, country I, and western? I wasn't thinking that guy that I've never heard of. I was thinking. Look, Chester. That's the one and only song that I genuinely know from <laughs> Kenny Chesney. But, geez, it was a bloody good concert. I'll tell you that much for nothing. Oh, very good. <laughs> well, anyway, if you want to see the fooies and yep. these Guys, as I said, please make sure that you are a Triple M Club member. It is going to be one of the best weekends that Geelong has ever seen. Now, uh, Jay-Z, yes. pick one. What is your tough question for the week? I like to sort of get Joey uh, squirming a little bit with a tough uh, footy question. Sometimes we talk about food music as well. But on this occasion, we sort of touched a little bit on this um, earlier before, Joey. Who do you think will be... That proved to be the better investment. Now, both these players were brought to their clubs with three early picks. Is it Tim Kelly at West Coast or is it Jeremy Cameron at Geelong? If you're balancing those scales, which of those two trades is going to end up uh, better for the club which received the player? You've given me tougher pick ones than this, Jay-Z. This is pretty straightforward for me. Cats are well in front, and I think we will see the true value of Jeremy Cameron this season. All reports coming out of Geelong is he is flying. He's humming. I think Geelong is still a genuine premiership contender this year. I think Jeremy Cameron and the Cats watch out. Is this the year he finally gets the Coleman? He's already won a Coleman, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, but can we we come off the back? He's a massive chance to win the Coleman this year, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. We have to declare he's your cousin, too, isn't he? (laughs) You've kept that up your sleeve. Jeremy, he's your, he's your first cousin. He's uh, uh, first cousin removed. So his dad is my cousin. Is that oh, make, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my uncle's son, that's yep. his dad. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so my, uh, my whole family are from out that way. Yep. Dartmoor, Mount Gambier. Warnable, that's where so a lot of the, second, the Camerons are. He's the second are. most famous Cameron behind <laughs> yeah. Sarah Marie. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've got a tough one for you, uh, Sarah Marie. We'll talk about this before. Who is who? Who do you think is the better front man, Peter Garrett or Dave Grohl? Pick one. Oh, no, don't you dare. That's the whole idea one. of the Yes. Save it after. You gotta, we want to hear it after the break. Oh, okay. Tease it. Who is need, it? Need some thinking time. Oh, Give okay. it to me. Can I ask, answer that one too? Who is it? Dave Grohl and Dave Peter Garrett. Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters front man versus Peter Garrett, Midnight Oils. You know that he's got the dancing style. I know him. Give me a couple of minutes. Okay. I'll sort that out next on Deadset Legends. Triple M's Deadset Legends. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I did see Joey wearing your St Kilda hat. I had a bad hair day and I just put my Saints hat on. <laughs> yeah, we're going to see you rock down your St Kilda jumper next week. <laughs> Joey Montagna. Jay-Z Clark. Sarah Marie. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. And just a couple of moments ago, I was stumped by JC with... The pick one question. Yes, try and ask you a tough question, and I'll straight into the mix of this. Where who is the better front man? Is it Peter Garrett from the Oils? We're just talking about them, or uh, Dave Grohl, uh, the sin- superstar, the sensational singer. And you have to pick one, Sarah Marie. You can't sit on the yeah, fence. No That's the whole fence. idea. This is for me. Okay? That's right. This yes. is you're my not speaking answer. on behalf of everyone. No, 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 you <laughs> <said> <laughs> one works. So nobody attack me. Okay, yes. it's Peter Garrett. Oh, okay. oh, whoa. Oh, Dave Grohl, don't rate him. What? Superstar. I didn't say that. (laughs) Just because I put one ahead of the other doesn't mean I don't rate him. We all know that Dave Grohl is phenomenal and part of two of the biggest bands that Rock has ever seen. He's the man that played with a broken leg. We get it. (laughs) But I just love Peter Garrett. He's got one of the most beautiful moral compasses I've ever come across in my life. Anyway, enough about that. Thank you. I like his click. You know, he's, he's got the. Yeah. The, click, the dancing style. He's just, a, he's just a wonderful man. He's an entertainer. He's a great 
great entertainer, wonderful performer, mm. and he and he has some uh, and great you know environmental and political interests mm. that I would lean towards. Mm. So. I adore him and I wish the oils all the very best on the rest of their resist tour. Enough about that. Hey, coming up a little bit later, Limo's going to be joining us uh, for the first time this year, which is great to have him back in mm-hmm. the studio, which is going to be wonderful. And yep. I have an amazing give me a spell. I've been looking forward oh. to this one all week. Okay. And I want to talk about trend changes, style changes. What's the style of football we're going to see this year later on from you, Joey? And joining us from the Hawks, we've got Dylan Moore. Now, there was a practice match yesterday against the Pies, which ended in a draw, but I'd love to hear your thoughts and any takeaways from that one there this morning, Dylan. Hey, Sarah. Yeah, um, it was a pretty interesting game. For the first three quarters, Collingwood definitely had our measure and uh, that was probably when the strongest sides were out and Collingwood played a really, really good brand of footy that um, their pressure we just didn't handle early on. But, um, yeah, after pretty much that, I don't know, third or parts or whatever you call it, um, <laughs> It seemed we got some younger boys on and they really lifted the energy and um, it was great to see. I sat on the, the sidelines for the last three quarters and the energy that was coming from from the crowd and from the boys on the field was um, was awesome to see. So it was great for, for the lads to get that turnaround. It's an exciting time for the footy club, I, I think. Uh, obviously, significant change from the coach and, and for the first time in a long time, we are seeing a lot of new young talent and I think Hawthorne fans are, are really ready for this um, this fresh chapter. But in terms of Sam Mitchell, can you tell us how we handled that moment? Obviously, was it three quarters um, in, you're down by, what was it, 10 goals or 60 points at thereabouts? Can you take us into the change rooms in that moment and how the new coach handled what was clearly a flat start, Dylan? Yeah, it was pretty interesting because I, I was ready for a spray. Um, and <laughs> Sam's, Sam's pretty fiery, so um, he can give a good spray. But he was real calm and collected, and I think that's what we needed as well because there was a lot of boys that were pretty rattled. Um, like, first game against opposition, all we wanted to do was play good footy and compete, and we weren't really doing that at the start. So for Sam to have a really calm and collected uh, mindset going into the, to the second half, um, it was kind of what we needed, and he just said, let's go out there and go back to basics, do the fundamentals well, and let's get ourselves back in the game. And it's not like we have to go out and kick eight goals this quarter. It's just get ourselves in the contest, compete, and um, get that enjoyment back in football. Hey, Dylan, he's keeping his powder dry, mate. He knows you've only got a certain amount of bullets you can fire as a coach. He doesn't want to waste one in a practice match down at Morwell, so he's keeping his powder dry. But I want to ask you about your season last year, mate. Third year at the club, and you burst onto the scene uh, last season, 27 goals, rated elite by champion data, and, Jay-Z. But I love the way this... And we've this, always said that about This Dylan, man plays. We? Dylan's been a, a little star. Where did the improvement come from? Where, how did you feel that your year went and, and why did you sort of have that year you did? Yeah, cheers. Um, I know there was, there was a few different parts to it. I'd say the first one was I just got a bit more belief in myself through that preseason um, and just confidence throughout the club. Like I felt really comfortable in the playing group that I could be myself on and off the field. So that really helped. I then had probably two crucial people um, throughout the year. So Craig McRae um, was our forward line coach. Mm. And uh, <laughs> and he played um, pretty pretty similar role to what I'm playing at the moment. So um, he was able to really help me and um, instill that confidence and just for me to bring my strengths to um, to the game and then um, Luke Bruce who we know is a superstar and he's a great mentor of mine and a great friend and um, I could just really bounce off ideas with him throughout the whole year and um, if I wasn't playing a great game um, he'd always be the one to, to come up to me and see how I'm going and walk me through 
improve. So, um, yeah, those were probably the three main things that really helped me. You're one of the uh, shining uh, young lights for the Hawks. There's no uh, doubt about that. Surely one of your teammates um, uh, took the mickey out of you with, the, with something on the locker after the elite sort of rating from champion data. Was there any sort of fun and games you can let us into, Dylan, or was it all straighty 180 sort of stuff? Um, everyone was just going around saying Kane Corns, Kane Corns hates me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that can't be true. We're speaking to Dylan Moore um, from the Hawks as well. Hey, for Hawks fans, Dylan, what do you? What's going to be new about you guys? How are you going to? Are you going to change your style? Can you give us some cues on what to look for um, in the Brown and Gold this season, and how you want to play on the Sam Mitchell? You be, haven't been necessarily that big contest base in in the past around, under uh, under Alistair Clarkson. Excuse me. What are the hallmarks of how you want to play this year? Yeah, I think we just really want to do the basics well. Um, this preseason has been really big on let's put our head over the footy, let's win it at the contest, um, and then let's make sure our skills are skills are um, up to scratch because if we can do that, we can compete well and then use our skills while we feel like we've got the personnel on the team to, um, to really compete at the highest level. And uh, we've got high aspirations throughout the year. Like We want to be playing finals footy, and I know – Yesterday probably didn't go our way, but um, there's definitely glimpses to show that we we can be um, one of the better sides in the comp, but it's just about doing the basics well and um, all of us bringing our strengths to the table. So hopefully... Uh, we can go far into the season. Well, there was definitely a glimpse of that. I mean, the comeback was sensational. So there's (laughs) there's a lot to hold on to already. Yeah, for sure. And it was mostly the first, probably third-year lads that, really drove us into that. So they've been awesome throughout this preseason. Uh, we're pretty happy with the draft class so far. They're, they're really showing their strengths and competing mm. against um, the older lads. So, yeah, we're, we're pretty happy with how we stand. We're chatting to Hawk, young gun, Dylan Moore, who Kane Corns didn't watch closely enough last season. <laughs> Just before we let you go, mate, give us a name or two to keep yes. an eye out for this season. Who are a couple of these first to third-year players that have impressed you over the preseason that we can watch? Uh Connor McDonald. Yeah. He's definitely one to watch. I reckon he'll get a game early. Mm. Real silky. Um, really nice kick inside 50 as well. So he's definitely one. And then... Um, Wardy? Yeah, oh yeah Wardy, Wardy will play early. I was going to go for a little diamond in the rough. Yeah, give yeah. us a roughie. Oh, Don't give us the obvious top 10 sorry. draft pick, Jay-Z. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, and then I reckon Finn McGuinness. Mm. Third year in the system. Potential breakout year. Um, yeah, those are probably... The two to two to watch. Beautiful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Dylan Moore from Hawthorne. Thanks, no mate. Good Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Enjoy. Mate. And for the Hawks fans, 2022 is all about you. Hawthorne memberships now available at membership.hawthornefc.com.au. Round one home game against North Melbourne as well. And we've got a Hawks fan coming up a little bit later on as well with Limo. But let's chat more about the practice matches that have been happening at the moment, specifically who yep. we touched on oh so briefly just earlier, the Pies. Yeah, so I mean, two clubs turning new leafs in Hawthorne and Collingwood uh, really, and I think something really significant came out of yesterday, uh, Joey, in terms of Collingwood. Now, under Nathan Buckley, they've been, and there's been a lot of criticism and a lot of discussion about how they were um, very uncontested in their style. It means lots of marks, lots of kicking wide and very slow and an inability to score, really, which has frustrated the Collingwood uh, fan base for, for a, a long time. But it's interesting that Craig McRae wants to go more contest style, more direct. They want to score uh, more freely. And for the first three quarters um, yesterday against Hawthorne, um, that would be absolutely wrapped, but 
But more more broadly, do you think this could be more trend? Because we have gone through a, a, a period of uncontested possession-style footy, but you think that that could potentially change? Yeah, I, I think 100% we'll see a, a different trend in the game. And it's off the back, if, if you look at the numbers last season, and in simple terms, the, the, the top six teams in the comp, well, six teams that played finals were the top six teams for kicking long last year. The only two really? teams that weren't were Sydney and Geelong. We already know Geelong are going to get rid of that short kicking game and go long to contest. I think we are seeing teams are going to go away from short, uncontested marks because we've realized now the way the game is played, you need to be able to kick long to mm. contest, get numbers at the fall of the ball, and win it there. That's what Richmond have done for their flags. Melbourne have now done it. Port Adelaide, Brisbane play that way. Sydney are maybe a bit They're the only team in that top eight that might continue with a bit more of the, the short because they were the best team in the comp with their ball movement, mm-hmm. with it kicking and marking. But – I noticed it with Gold Coast, who were really high in short kicks and uncontested marks last year, kick long. Collingwood, we've spoken about kicking longer. Geelong, we know we're going to go longer and go to a contest as well. So I think we're going to see a trend, which I think will be great for the game, less uncontested marks and short kicking, which people get frustrated with, and more going long and then trying to win contest. I was just about to say, it would be good for the game. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're watching your favourite player just kick from Bloody 50 out. Yep. How spectacular. Yeah, just kick it long to a contest. You're set up so you've got players at the fall of the ball, and if you win it from there, you're in a position to use your hands like you can picture Richmond and Melbourne and those teams and and go from there, Jay-Z. So I think that the coaches that have come in, particularly Craig McRae at Collingwood, look like they want to go forward more. They want to go to contest, as you said. And if you're a good contest, you have to be a strong contest team to win finals and win grand finals. And I think that's where the teams that are developing, that's the part of the game they should be focusing on because that is what's going to elevate you to a top eight team. That would mean that they're slowing it down, though, as they're coming more to the fore. As they're, as they're approaching, that means that the game is probably, by what you're saying, just going to slow down just a touch. Speed up. Well, it's, yeah. guess, well if they're not chipping away. Yeah. As well. Well, that's slow. That, that's, it's sort of boring if you're chipping the ball around. Mm. Kicking long creates a bit of energy because then off the back of that, it becomes a live ball and you can score or you can defend. So it's more ballistic. It's more unpredictable. It's potentially more open, isn't it? Because that is, if they're kicking long to a contest, that creates an unpredictable situation. That's exactly right. right. Yeah. It becomes, yeah. becomes contest-based. Which, which I think it leads itself to a more exciting style um, of... Well, it just move, ball move, just move up and down the ground a yeah. bit more often, so which how, I think we want to see. How much is this is this um, guided then by Melbourne, who we saw, yeah. like, are they... How are teams coming up against this Melbourne juggernaut of a midfield? How, what are they thinking? Are they because like they can't? A team couldn't um, match Melbourne in that area. Are no. they like so? What what are they going to do? We saw in the grand final they they went forward a lot and sort of ran onto it. What are teams preparing to take on this Melbourne? Well, if you're midfield? going to beat Melbourne, do? you have to be good at all phases of the game. You have to be strong in contest. You, if you are not a great winning the ball at ground level in the contest, you're not going to beat Melbourne. Yep. You need to have a dynamic four line and try and score because otherwise you are not going to score against Melbourne. Yep. And defensively, you have to be really solid behind the ball because Melbourne are potent. So it's just when a team like Melbourne and Richmond have come along, it elevates the rest of the competition to get better. Mm. And they learn off that. They try and copy the winning teams. And that's what we're going to see a bit more of. Holding onto the ball and just short kicking it, uncontested mark, that safe style. That's not going to win you games of football. So hopefully more teams will take the contest on. And also just playing a solid four quarters because you'd see teams play an absolutely sensational three quarters and they'd lose their legs in the fourth quarter. That's what Richmond had as their strength when they were having a, a really sensational run there for a couple of years. And then that is exactly what Melbourne were able to show last year as well. They still had so much gas in the tank. 
Collingwood, Nathan Kruger, new face as a key forward. Uh, Joey, he's going to get a chance. Uh, Ginevan also as a small forward has been impressive. Uh, and the young star, Nick Dacos as well, obviously very impressive for the Pies. So we're going to see some new faces. And Lipinski as well. Lipinski showed a bit too. Outstanding. Scotty Pendlebury yep. on a halfback flank, which suits with his kicking style. Remember, he's playing full forward for a brief period last year. Halfback. Yeah, halfback is his game. Been some moves at halfback. Lockie Weller from Gold Coast gone to the halfback flank. Brad Hill's going to play halfback. McGrath uh, at Essendon. McGrath. Dane Zorko's being touted as playing a little bit of halfback for the Brisbane Lions. So that might be a position where we're going to see some potency coming. Jordan Clark, a great recruit for Fremantle. Dominated. And he looked, last, last he looked really sharp across halfback. So a lot of these attacking halfbackers might be a bit more of a, a weapon in season 2022. Wonderful. Well, we've got a Hawks fan joining us very soon in the studio. Welcoming back to Triple M's Dead Set Legends, Lemo, next. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark, Sarah Marie. It's never really worked all these breakaways. Just, so like they, they have it the like Super the Super Leagues. But all slightly different though because you don't have the fan base. So. No, you're right. They don't rock up with flares. Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> this is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Fresh off doing a couple of shows down in Adelaide Fringe, we've got Lemo joining us. Hello, oh, Lemo. What Hi, a mate. joy it is. I'll tell you what, the things you learn listening to this radio show, it has been quite enlightening for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, first up, Jay-Z's written off the West Coast Eagles yes. already. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's what are we four weeks <laughs> out from the season <laughs> beginning, mate. That's, you should have heard him last week. Never too early. That's the <laughs> kind of thing that doesn't bite you on the ass. That's the thing that chews your ass all the way clean <laughs> yeah, off. Yeah. Come September when West Coast are flying. That's all right, we've got DC who keeps track of all the audio. So yeah, it's good. No, the, I, I was listening to that thinking, oh, that is going to sound rough in <laughs> September. <laughs> Does this show go to Perth? No, no, it should be fine, mate. Yeah, I yeah. think in 2018, I did a Herald Sun podcast, and I said, oh, gee, I hope West Coast doesn't make the grand final this year because they can't do it on the big stage. They get found out at the MCG. <laughs> and they use it like on the front page of the Western Australian <laughs> and go on to win the bloody premiership. Don't you reckon I heard about that? They are motivational tools. I've learnt that you, Joey, bought your missus a lawnmower. Now talk about... I always had you penciled in as an old romantic, but now I can set that in I, stone. I actually didn't buy it. She bought it herself online and she uses it. Oh, it's even worse than it was originally painted. <laughs> she enjoys it. I'm not going to take deny her something she enjoys doing. Yeah, right. Does she have a round? Is she like starting to challenge Jim's mowing? Is she <laughs> working the neighbours? She's out doing the meeting. She's doing well. an extra nature strip for the neighbour down <laughs> the road. Do, yeah, so and extra neighbour Sue. She mows her lawn. Yeah. And Sarah Marie Cameron, a rock and roll superstar of Triple M, is a Kenny Chesney fan. Well, who <laughs> knew? Do you know well, Kesey Ch- what you? Kenny, Kenny Chesney? Chesney? Do you know I, him? I love a bit of country music. Yeah. I've got to be honest with you. I'm an old crow medicine show fan and the Dead what? South as well. So, I don't mind country, like rock country. I didn't know who Kenny Chesney was. Oh. Don't deny it. Own it. <laughs> Own it, okay? Uh, now, it's nice to chat to you guys. It's, you're putting me in a good mood because, I, oh, geez, I was rocked this morning. What happened? Absolutely what? rocked what with happened? the devastating news, guys, what? that Novak Djokovic is no longer the world number one in tennis. <laughs> oh, the tears oh. I shed when I read that headline. <laughs> oh, and oh, I saw you. a great interview with Rafa Nadal. This morning, when he was given the news yes. that uh, Djokovic had lost his number one spot, this is what he had to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
He, he does he does maintain his number one ranking though on the international flog scale. So <laughs> <laughs> he's he's hanging in there. Hey, did you see? And Medvedev is now uh, number one. Not much better, is Medvedev, it? Medvedev, not much better. Uh, the Russian. Did you see though? On a serious note, Andrei Rublev had a win in Dubai. You know how they write on the camera? Yep. He wrote, no war, please. Good. On the camera. He's Russian. Oh. And he's Russian, yes. A good message. That's from, lovely. I, I suspect Vladimir Putin's, that's not going to change his tune. <laughs> uh, but it's a nice message <laughs> from the tennis player, indeed. Hey, now, you were talking to Dylan Moore before, who yeah. I love yes. from Hawthorne. He's a little beauty, isn't he? He's a ripper. Yeah. He's a, had he's such, a good, such a good year. He was a, a real guy. find last year. Yep. Um, but we lost, didn't we, in the first three quarters? Last yes. night against ten goals. So is it time to get rid of Sam Mitchell and start looking for a new coach, <laughs> or is it too early? Bring back Clark. <laughs> <laughs> start the hashtag uh, uh, yes. free Clarko. Yeah. Uh, no, but we, it was a draw in the end, though, wasn't it? That game. Well, why, why did we? Why are we denying this? It was a draw. It was yes, technically okay. after six periods, it was a draw. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, that, that sort of became a bit of a VFL game in the in the second half. But he said mm. finals. That pricked my ears. Where have you got the your beloved Hawks? Well, the the, well, the big question for me is who do Hawthorne play in the grand final? <laughs> so <laughs> Geelong. That's the only unknown as far as I'm. I think the Hawks will surprise a few. I think at some stage this year we'll be talking about them potentially being in the eight. They'll be knocking on the door of the top eight at some stage. Oh, that's I'm a bit more bullish. Beer I, bet written all over. Mm, Happy to take a beer bet with you. I'll finish. It, oh, we'll work out the West Coast Hawks. Not in the top ten. No, okay. Will we finish above Hawthorne, uh, West Coast, Jay Z? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> a hey, great he doesn't question. want to get a write up on the front page again. I'm going to say yes. Way. I say yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of green shoots at Hawthorne. Yep, there is. So I'm am feeling bullish about this year. Hey guys, I want to finish off uh, today with Winter Olympics. I know it finished on Sunday. But I want to go through my three favourite moments yep. from the Winter Olympics. First up, just the most Aussie response an Australian could ever give. Uh, Bella Brockoff in the snowboard didn't go so well, didn't go to plan. She was asked about it afterwards. And this is a great message to kids out there mm. that you got to g- get on with it and get back on the bike. This is how Bella Brockoff responded. I'm going to cry like a little bitch right now and then I'll, I'll figure my shit out and then I'll get cracking on that one. <laughs> yeah, I like it. That's it. Yeah. You have a little cry, yes. you get over it, and yes. then you get back on with That's it. That's right. Yes. You dust yourself off and then you off you pop. <laughs> yes. Off you go. Uh, Australia, I want to highlight the bit of commentary here from the Australian team. I love it when a commentator makes a medical assessment mm. and then they go back on it immediately. <laughs> have a listen to the guys going A over T on the uh, downhill and the commentator gives a medical assessment, then turns around on it pretty quickly. Oh, oh massive. Oh, big head for Schweiger. Dominic uh, Schweiger, that, uh, that is a decent fall. And unfortunately, he's holding his uh, left wrist. He's doing well over 100 kilometres into that turn. I think he's all right. Maybe not. <laughs> if you're doing over 100 kilometres into a turn and you stack it, I don't think you're going to do all right. I reckon maybe not. You're safe, bet. Let's have a listen to the turnaround again then. I think he's all right. 
Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds a bit like me on the boundary line. I was going to say that. You've done a few of those ones. <laughs> uh, but the uh, best commentary came from an American commentator. Uh, this is a Frenchman and the downhill. Now, you know, they ski around the flags and the flags are obviously on poles. Yes. Mm. Well, he skied clean over a pole and the pole has whacked him in the crackers. In the pole. And it's clearly, and he's had to stop. He's in so much pain. Listen out first for the yelp from the skier. You can hear him yelp and then enjoy the commentary. to the groin for Yannick Bertrand, and you could hear it. And if you're a man, you could feel it. Wow, watch this again. Oh, the Frenchman. Oh, monsieur. Wow, the boys took a beating on that one. Mm, that guy needs a hug. <laughs> that man needs a hug. Oh, heck, I, I mean, can we just do it one more time? Just really, the yelp when yeah. he cops it in the first place. Have a listen. to the groin for Yannick Bertrand, and you could hear it. Oh, yes, you could hear it. Oh, you really could. Uh, so I think I have no, I haven't got an update on him. I don't know how he's doing now, but that looked like it really hurt. <laughs> Hopefully uh, fully recovered. Uh, very Maybe good. Not. All right. Thank you, team. Do we have mate. anything to plug? We're only a couple of weeks away from the Melbourne International Comedy Festival kicking off. Uh, no, you know what? I'm not doing a show at Melbourne this year. What? Yes. Well, I, did. I was going to do one, and then the venue decided to renovate their entire... Oh. All of their rooms. Uh, so uh, so kind of lost my venue there. So I'm not doing a show this year. Opportunity for you. You can heckle others now. Uh, yeah, I might buy a few tickets and head along. <laughs> I and I'll come in here and keep heckling you lot <laughs> in the meantime. <laughs> Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Now, we've seen a lot of changes over the last couple of months with uh, COVID rules. I mean, we've got the change today where yep. people no longer need to wear their mask if they're a patron in a hospitality or a retail setting. Mm. But... JC, am I hearing that there could be some testing changes at the AFL? Yeah, there's there's some frustration um, at at Clubland. I want to pick your brains uh, too on this, Joe. That they, they, they still have to test. All the players still have to test every time they're at the club. And yes, I know it's only um, a rapid test, but um, having spoken to a lot of senior people this week, there is growing fatigue and deteriorating standards around this. So we know so players when they're at the gym. They still have to try and social distance a metre and a half away from anyone, and then they'll go into a tackling drill. And each time they go in the club, they have to test it um, home first, uh, submit it using um, this, like, Vax Vault um, app, and then uh, only then are they allowed to the club. But it, it's not in line with the rest of the standards around the country and in Victoria where we are allowed uh, more freedom. So it's a que- the, the, the clubs are currently questioning the AFL. Why are we still having to um, submit to this, these gold standards and these more onerous standards, you know, tr- trying not to, you know, be at high-risk indoor uh, settings um, when the rest of us around um, the state uh, are allowed more freedoms, as I said. So in the US, they've got a voluntary testing system in the NFL, in the NBA, whereas you only have to test if you are feeling unwell, whether you've got cold and flu symptoms um, or whether you come in close contact with someone who does have it. So that's the NBA, that's the NFL. We're the, the AFL, we're still three or four months behind that. But I suspect that there will be uh, a change to that where they, it can be more relaxed because it's fair to say there is some mounting frustration. And I don't think it's necessarily fair on the AFL I, players. I could understand it would be fatiguing and draining to do that all the time, but wouldn't it be in the club's best interest? Because if one player does come into the football club with COVID, yep. there is every chance that that would spread amongst teammates and then you'd, the, that team will be disadvantaged coming into a, at a game of football. So wouldn't it be in their best interest 
to make sure that anyone coming to the club doesn't have COVID? Well, they're sort they're sort of saying it's it's sort of common sense. So if I think all of us are sort of experiencing if, when when you do eventually get it. I've I've had it. You know, I, I got a headache. Um, I was feeling a bit flat. So they're sort of saying if you do experience these symptoms, um, then then that is when you um, then you should test. I think a lot of the clubs privately are hoping the bulk of their players get it before round one, so it doesn't all um, blow up on them ahead of the first game of the season. So do you think we will see teams? being decimated in their their best 22 because of COVID. Do you think we'll see six, eight play, like we've seen in the AFLW, we'll see men's teams missing some a handful of their best players through health and safety protocols? I, th- I think it's inevitable to a point. Right. I don't know whether we'll see the absolute large-scale numbers because we've already had this period. Like, it really felt like in January it peaked. You know, that's when I got it, and that's when a lot of the AFL players um, got it. So I'm thinking it might be smaller uh, scale withdrawals and maybe smaller bunches of, of players if there are sort of more further waves. So um, the replace the top up sort of situation um, is is being debated at the moment. There's some core some some angst from the interstate clubs because they don't necessarily have the same uh, depth, particularly uh, New South Wales and Queensland, in terms of who they are uh, picking up as replacements as opposed to Victoria. So they want an equitable system, some fairness. They want to be able to pick across the whole state league as opposed to their own aligned team. Well, we saw in the cricket, particularly in the Big Bash, they really struggled That's when right. it started ripping That's through. Right. Yep. And you're seeing guys coming back and playing again who probably put the bat down a couple of years yep. earlier. And over in the States, they were doing the same thing. They were signing players in the NBA for bringing them back for one game. That's right. <laughs> and, and the Western Australian teams are yet to have had any outbreaks. So they've still got all their list that haven't got mm, it. Is there any update? They- yeah, they're the ones that will be disadvantaged, you would think. Because as you said, a lot of – what do you have any idea, as roughly, for listener, how many – what percentage of – sort of players that these Victorian clubs would have had. Is it 50% have already had COVID? The rough, rough straw poll, half their list. And is there any talk yet on what we need to do with top-up players? Will there be any any decision made around top-up players or will that just be a horses for courses if the situation gets to that? It's sort of being thrashed out now, but they're looking at a system where you can pre-nominate 10 or 20 players who you can call upon. So Nathan Freeman, for example, uh, could, could be one. Also, coming back today, the Richmond superstar Dustin Martin, his first game against Geelong, back from that serious kidney injury. I think he's also had a bit of a groin tweak as well. Tom Lynch will be running out for um, the Tigers after that hamstring problem. So one of the best players in the game. Great to see Dustin Martin back playing some footy today against the Cats. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) I am excited. Now, I'm also excited for Give Me a Spell. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Now, Mm Jay-Z, bone to pick, mate. Last week, you were in such a good mood. You were in a rush to get out of here because you were going to the races. Mm -hmm. So you finished the show. You put on your bag of fruit. You dressed up. You were looking sharp, by the way. Thanks, mate. We just noticed something with your attire, right? I've caved. You've caved. Because let's, (laughs) let's, first of all, let's take a listen to a give me a spell that you delivered when we were at the races at Caulfield a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. and you went off. Let's take a listen. A look out to the uh, all the beautiful and magnificent people here at the Caulfield Cup uh, uh, race course, and I notice that the humble Australian male has lost faith in the humble Australian sock. Why are so many men out there not wearing socks anymore, Joey? Is it, it clearly on a freezing day like today, uh, like this, we should invest and continue to uh, to wear socks? But I see a lot of blokes out there not wearing socks. Give me a spell, Joey. So, Jay-Z, last week going to the races, tell me what you were wearing underneath your shoes. Yeah, well, (laughs) 
Did you have socks on? It was a socket. No, you had no <laughs> socks. No, I had. Well, I bought a pair of sockets, and they aren't visible. So you did the no sock look. Let's be honest. I, you yeah. did the no sock look. I I have caved. The thing that you yes. you caved. Yes, I've gone for the no. Couldn't beat them, so you joined no, them. I did. I'm a little sheep, and I. <laughs> we, were, we were a small pack, and it was a dwindling pack of sheep. And then I've run across to the other farm where everyone else and all the other blokes are with the, with their no socks on. So I did have a thin socket. Um, you did the no sock look. I, I can't believe it. Yes, you were so dead against it, and now look at you. Yeah, and and I wasn't proud of it. You either. turncoat, <laughs> you <laughs> absolute turncoat. Give me a spell, Jay Z. Yeah. Stick to your gun. Stick yeah. to your word. Yeah, I know. I should stay strong on my fashion principles, and I, and I've totally abandoned the sock today. So I've joined them. I've joined the throng of no socks. Give me a spell. Yeah. Are you fully on board with this now? Because I actually ran into you during the week. A very happy wedding anniversary oh, yes. to you and your beautiful wife. Thank you, Sarah Marie. Were you wearing sockets then as well? Oh, you've gone out for dinner with the no sock look as well. Uh, I can't quite remember. Oh, my God. I did have my best undies on, though, for your wedding <laughs> oh, anniversary. Oh, did you? Oh, yeah. oh that's good. That's one okay. occasion where yeah. you try and put your... Have you got your favourite pair of boxes? <laughs> no. No? You just go for the regular ones on your wedding. Okay. I'll get some feedback about that. Have you got to give me a spell? It's We let you off last week. We gave you an opportunity to sort of just have a listen and get something off your chest. Is there anything that's been bothering you? Some impatient drivers, and I am really concerned for people returning to the office on Monday because now that there's no COVID rules as per se, you know, with the limits in the office, people are going to be returning to the office. And we've had a slow return for some people here at work at Triple M, and it might have been the case for other businesses. And I'm just noticing that perhaps people have been working from home for too long and they have lost touch with their commute. They don't know how long it is going to take, Mm. and so they are not leaving the appropriate amount of time to do so. And then I've got them tailgating me mm. as I'm just trying to have a leisurely drive to work. Well, I heard you're a bit of a lead foot. That's, oh, the, that's, the whisper, that's the whisper going around. I am not set my car to 40 because I live in Paran, so <laughs> I can't really do much more than that. I've got to, I'm going to be slightly positive here. I want to give a shout out, Joey, a special occasion on this one to Max Gorn and Christian Petrarca and Jake Stringer, who have all recently done something really special for a young person who had needed a bit of a uh, a lift um, and, a, and a bit of a favour and a special uh, message. This happens all the time where AFL uh, players go and visit kids and all that sort of stuff. But Max Gorn and Christian Petrarca and Jake Stringer, I just want to take my hat off to your boys because uh, helping a young person out is a, um, a really special thing. Well done. Very nice, Jay-Z. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. Yeah. So, uh, well done, Joey. Hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Joey, Jay-Z and Sarah Marie will be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always <laughs> my little one. Your Dead Set Legends. <laughs>